But the problem is when you're living this kind of nomadic lifestyle, you're not grounded. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody, we're back with another edition of the podcast. I'm David Allen from MakeWordsPay.com, and we have a fellow copywriter on the show today. He is a digital nomad. He's relatively new to the lifestyle, so he's going to be demystifying some of the aspects of uh, what you may think about being a digital nomad. We're going to talk heavily about that. Dennis Demarie, welcome to the show. What's happening, David? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, it's a real pleasure. I've uh, sort of just become aware of you in the last maybe six months or so. Uh, you know, we belong to various face group, uh, face group, Facebook groups. <laughs> I'm just going to merge those words together. <laughs> Facebook groups together and so forth. And you seem to have a, a of like mind and you're relatively new to this whole digital uh, nomad lifestyle. So it's interesting to see some of the things you're sharing. Maybe let's start like we normally like to do. We go back to your origin story, uh, where you were before, how you found your way into this uh, this Machiavellian world of digital marketing and, and travel and so forth. Yeah, sure. So uh, briefly, I grew up in New York and lived all over the U.S. Um, throughout the years. Mm -hmm. And about five, six years ago, I ended up in advertising. Okay. And uh, I work with... Uh, uh, a number of different clients ranging from nonprofits to fortune 500. And, uh, and in my role at that time, I was a brand strategist and it has the company because mm -hmm. uh, they're pretty creative about the names in the advertising field. But maybe my focus was market research and strategy for our clients. Mm -hmm. But I got kind of sick of it after a while. I did it for, for a few years and then thought, okay, well, what's next? And after a, a brief failure as a web designer <laughs> because because you got to fail your first business right that's right that's right so after after doing that very badly I, I i found out about copywriting i found out about it from a fellow web designer who, who mentioned that she had uh worked with several copywriters on web um, design projects mm -hmm. and i was like you know what that is probably a better fit for my skill set, and I think there's better opportunities with that. And I actually did write some copy when I when I started doing web design because uh, my, my first client was my brother. Of course, you start with your family. Nice. So yeah, I had to write the copy for his website because he sure as hell wasn't going to do it. And <laughs> I just went down the rabbit hole. And I found out about direct response copy uh, a few months later mm -hmm. and completely immersed myself in the books and the courses and working with mentors and all that thing. So I haven't been a copywriter for that long. It's only been a little bit over a year. Mm -hmm. But I've gone through that initial learning curve very quickly because I just dove right in. Right. It's got so, action. Yeah, it's real yeah, action. Yeah, that's that's been my focus. I'm the full-time copywriter, uh, freelance copywriter for the past year, and I've worked with a lot of different clients, uh, from financial publishers to e-commerce stores to uh, fitness coaches, uh, a little bit of everything. 
Okay. Okay. So those first steps, you found out about it, you started, okay, the direct response is a thing. What is that about? You dove into some of those classic texts we've heard about so many times. Uh, you also accessed mentors. Maybe talk about that. Like, uh, was that something that you were just like uh, aware of in, in your life in general, or was that suggested to you or how did that work? Yeah, actually I did have access to an incredible mentor years ago and mm-hmm. back in college was, and, and in that situation, I got into martial arts, which is something okay. I, I'd wanted to do since I was a kid. I think a lot of us guys do. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I did it in college and he was incredible. It, it, anyone who's done martial arts knows it's not, you, know, you get into it to learn how to kick somebody's ass, but then you learn about things <laughs> like discipline and dealing with adversity and challenges and, uh, learn learning how to learn, like all these types of things that are, are really important uh, right. skills. So that was my first exposure to it. And then fast forward to this past year or so, as I was getting my feet wet in direct response copywriting, I, I keep thinking in terms of, of time mm-hmm. and opportunity costs. So you know, who's the best person that I can learn from and that can help me really accelerate my career growth? Right. Uh, because if you look at, for example, professional athletes, they've always got coaches, right? Doesn't matter how good you are, doesn't matter if you're LeBron or Kobe or whoever, even even presidents. I know, like, for example, Bill Clinton had uh, had received advice or, or uh, uh, coaching from Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's really, it, it doesn't matter what, what profession you're in or what level you're at, there's always somebody who knows more than you do can help you we can see things from a different perspective right and and also help you save time because right you're, you're not going to make any more time and that's more valuable than money you know right. saving the time is the most important thing and, and getting on the right track as fast as possible so you uh so the copywriting mentors you sought out would how did you vet these people did you like sort of uh oh this person's always talked about or what sort of steps did you take well i was a little sneaky about it because uh you know everyone everyone offering coaching or mentoring or consulting today uh well i would hope has testimonials right sure some video case studies uh so i go to their website and find out why i'd look at who is doing the testimonials and then i just look them up on facebook and send them a message and say hey i'm thinking about doing this what's your experience been Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best way to do it because once you've talked to at least a handful of people, right. if you start hearing the same thing over and over again, like this was good, this was not, or, you know, I, I do, do you recommend it? Right. If you have five people or 10 people who all recommend it, that for me is, is a good sign to move ahead. Right. So that, that's what I would do if anyone else was, is thinking about working with a, a mentor or a coach, talk to the students. You know, and, and the uh, mentor should also be transparent about having you talk to the students. If they're kind of like, uh, NDA, or I don't know, you can't talk to them, that would be a red flag to me. So I give that some extra consideration. Right. Uh, was there any mentors in particular you want to give a shout out to? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the, the first one, well, actually, I work with a few. I'll, okay. I'll name all of them unless I, I forget anybody. Okay. But uh, I work with Jenny Barres. Okay. Uh, B-E-R-E-S. Jenny's fantastic. I actually met her um, a while back. 
in LA and she's a copywriter, but she's shifted. Uh, I don't know how her business is split up right now, but she does a lot of uh, coaching and courses for freelancers. Okay. Um, she's great to help you get into, to understand how to pitch clients. Right. Very good for that. So not for copy, but for um, freelance product. Client, client acquisition, very good. Right. And then I also work with Lucas Roshesky. Right. He's an awesome copywriter, and I, I work with him really to to just get like the the one on one on direct response copy. Right. Uh, to to understand that, and he's great. Then uh, I was also in the traffic and funnels program. Okay. Welch and Chris Evans, they're very good at uh, at the mindset approach mm-hmm. to business. Right. And. Uh, and uh, and client acquisition and paid traffic and all that mm-hmm. and and finally I'm, I'm working with Jake Hoffberg right now who runs right. the Operating Academy uh, I'm leaning in that direction now that I've been mm-hmm. operating for the past year and working with different clients uh, his whole thing is financial copy and working with the big financial publishers like Agora right so um, that is another type of uh, a skill set and, and, and angle and copywriting that a lot of people don't uh, don't know about. So I'm working with Jake now, and, he, and he, he's great. He's he's no BS. He's mm-hmm. he's uh, he's good at what he does, and he's also a good teacher. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Those are, that's a great lineup of people. That's uh, and that's something I think a lot of people that we had on the show had in common. They had some uh, great mentors and access, uh, you know, to cut that learning curve down. It, it makes a huge difference. And I would say if I could pick two things that are really, really important to any, uh, not just copywriters, but freelancers. One is who are your mentors? You know, have you never, have you never worked with a mentor? Why not? Because if, if you can find a good mentor coach, they're going to save you a ton of time and they're going to help you avoid the mistakes and get on the right track. And then number two is the environment. Number two, and, and we, you, you talked about it in the, uh, at the beginning of this, uh, in this interview with face groups, yeah. Facebook, <laughs> Facebook groups. Yeah. But your environment, yeah. You know, who are you hanging out with? Are you hanging out with go-getters and ambitious people or not? So I try to surround myself with the absolute best people possible right? because they're going to rub off on you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're like, there's that old saw about you're the average of the five people you hang around with the most or uh, whatever, however it goes. Yeah, uh, it's, it's totally true. That's a very uh, powerful uh, idea unto itself. All right, so you started into the mentorship. You were cutting down your uh, learning curve. Uh, you knew that it was copywriting you wanted to uh, freelance with. Uh, what were some of these mentors teaching you how to get clients? Did you try it on your own first? How was the, uh, what steps did you take there? Yeah, I, I think I mentioned four different mentors and or I am working with each one for a specific reason. Okay. So I think that's the first thing to think about is why do I want to work with this person? Like I, I wouldn't really look for a, like a general coach mm-hmm. um, unless that's, that's really what you need. But I think what happens with most people is that you run into a sticking point, right? right. So something is, is not working the way you want it to. Mm-hmm. So that could be like I, like I did this copywriting mentorship. I needed, I, I, my focus there was skill acquisition. Right. You know, what can I learn here that I'm not going to learn in, in, or, 
in books or that's just going to help me learn it much faster Sure, because that's my primary skill set in my business right. or uh, with someone else I was working with, it was, it was pitching. Like how do you pitch clients cold? Right. You know, that's something that a lot of people struggle with and a lot of people do, but they just don't know how to do it right. Or mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a way that's going to um, help them land clients. Right. So I, I've picked up different, I mean, it's way too much to cover. Yeah. Today, when I picked up a lot of things uh, from different people, so uh, I think with with really any type of freelance business, you're going to struggle with the same things. It's going to be uh, one getting better at your craft, whether you're a copywriter or graphic designer, web designer, whatever. Right. Two is client acquisition. Mm-hmm. How do you find clients? You know, do you do that through Facebook? Do you use cold emails? You, know, you pick up the phone. What do you do? And then three is uh, how do you convert them? Do right. you have an organized sales process from A to Z that takes somebody from cold and not knowing anything about you to paying you to work together? Right. And I, so I, I think that those are probably like the big three areas that everyone uh, struggled with at one point or another. And especially with client acquisition, I'll, I'll give you one p- a good point right now, which I picked up from, from Traffic and Funnels and which okay. I've been following, which is to focus on one platform at a time. And I give the same advice to my clients when I'm kind of in a consultative role is, is I see them trying to do too much. And I talk about this on Facebook in, in my post is everyone's trying to do a million things at once. And you're looking at Gary V and Grant Cardone and all these guys who are huge and okay. Yeah. And they got, um, books, podcasts, uh, video live streams, posts on Facebook, events, all this, you know, public speaking events, all this stuff. Right. But if you're brand new or if maybe you're in your first year or if you're not at six figures in revenue, I mean, whatever it is, if you're still kind of just in the early stage, however you define it, I think it would be to your benefit to focus on one maybe two platforms at a time. So you could, you could do, for example, Facebook and an email list. Right. Or maybe Facebook or LinkedIn, and then repurpose that content on your blog. Right. You know, just, just pick one or two and go deep instead of like wide and, and shallow. Right. Because as I've advised my clients, you want to get famous in your niche. Mm-hmm. Right. If people don't know who you are, they're not going to work with you. And it seems like such an obvious thing, <laughs> but I can, and you, I know you're in the same kind of uh, groups and circle, but I guarantee you can probably count the copywriters who produce consistent content on Facebook uh, on two hands. Maybe you name 10 people. Yeah. And, and that's it. It's, you, I, I can't think of that many more. Mm-hmm. Right? And I know a lot of them. Sure. But of the ones who are actually out there uh, producing content, it's not many. Yeah. And, and the reason is, I think, is because it is a grind. It takes time uh, and it takes work to do that. And also, I think people are uh, lacking confidence. It's, right. it's really, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good when you post something and you get no likes or just right. a couple, right. you know, or no engagement on it. And I've, I've had that happen a, a couple times 
but for the most part, I've been fortunate that my stuff has got tons of engagement and that's a good sign. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, I've, I've dealt with the same type of issues where you're like, I just don't know if people are going to like this or if they're going to read it or am I, am I going to look stupid? So I think a lot of people deal with that and just kind of um, self-sabotage themselves and end up doing nothing. Right, just get stalled. So I, I, yeah, so just to kind of recap that point, I, I, people need to, to do, a, do a better job of focusing. Pick one or two platforms and dominate the hell out of them and get known. And that is uh, because client acquisition is just such a big part of it that people struggle with it. With with is why I mentioned it. I'd, uh, focus on one or two areas that you can get really famous in. I mean, just within the people that could be your customers, and that would that's kind of like the eighty twenty rule, right? Like, where should I focus most of my energy? You know, that is uh, a really helpful tip. That's that's helped me quite a bit. Yeah, that is a great tip. Actually, it is a great tip. Uh, so now you're you're remote. You're able to work off uh, your laptop. You're traveling. You're experiencing this uh, newly created uh, in the last year digital lifestyle. Uh, let's delve into some of that because I know our audience is uh, you know really interested in that. And uh, John, of course, who uh, started the podcast, he, he himself and myself are both digital nomads. Let's delve into that lifestyle and start demystifying maybe some of the things that people think are true or, or they have a certain perspective that they haven't been opened up to the other perspectives. Uh, and you're fresh uh, at this. So you have the best, it's all, it's all new to you. Uh, let's just jump in and, and start telling us some of the things that you maybe thought and have been demystified in your own excursion. I, I'm just living the dream, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Working like one hour a day, you know, <laughs> with these long naps and, and cocktails, <laughs> and women, and uh, yeah, it's it's just poolside the retreats and stuff. Yeah, ab- absolutely, absolutely, right. It's it's not like that at all. At least not in my experience. <laughs> that's how I, it's. Well, that's the difference between I guess living it for real and how it's sold. Yeah. Well. Well. Here's the thing. Uh, First of all, let me let me take a step back okay. because the phrase digital nomad is very popular and we use it and when we say we, we know what we're talking about, like what the other person sure. means. We're talking about someone who travels and works online, basically. Right. Right? But I don't like that term. And the reason I don't like it is that with digital nomads, I, I kind of don't like the nomad part of it. And I love travel just as much as anybody else. But the problem is when you're living this kind of nomadic lifestyle, you're not grounded. It's really difficult to grow up business when you're constantly moving every two or three weeks or even every month Mm -hmm. because you need time to get grounded. You need time to get familiar with the city and just find out basic things that sound stupid, but I'm dealing with it right now. It's like, where's the grocery store? I don't know. (laughs) It's just like, it's like these, these little things that you don't think of as issues until they become an issue. And then you're like, Oh, where where can I go get coffee filters? Yeah, I, I literally have to go look for coffee filters this morning because I don't have any. Right. So, so things like that, I, and I, I, so I don't like that part of it. I also don't like, and this is how you and I started talking on Facebook the other day, mm-hmm. was, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll probably piss people off by saying this, but a lot of the digital nomad um, people in that scene mm-hmm. 
are really just focusing on like, where's the cheapest place possible that I can live outside the US that has good Wi-Fi. Right. So what it's me. And that is just a total scarcity mindset. Because I, I see nothing to brag about if you're living somewhere that's cheap and, and a dumpy apartment, mm-hmm. maybe with, with roommates. Uh, I mean, yeah, we all start everywhere. Our businesses have to start somewhere and that's from zero. Right. But I think that's, and I think that's maybe fine for a period, but the goal for everyone should be to grow, right? To grow personally, to grow your business and to get to a point where you don't have to be in the cheapest places possible. Mm-hmm. Like right now, I, I, I was just talking to a friend last night about visiting him in May and uh, visiting him somewhere that is absolutely not considered a digital nomad destination. And you would never guess what it is. Mm. But I'm thinking of going out to New York. Nice, <laughs> nice. And, and working out there, uh, working remotely for a month. And right. you never, ever yeah, hear about that. Yeah, yeah. In the digital nomad scene, you hear about Chiang Mai, you hear about Medellin. Yeah. Uh, lately, I've been hearing about Mexico City and sure. uh, Vietnam. And, yeah, Vietnam. I've got, I've got a good friend there right now, actually, and I'm, I'm going to try to visit him this year. But uh, I think people just need to take the longer term view mm-hmm. of how can I really maximize my life and how can I set myself up in, and I talked about environment before, how can I set myself in an environment where I, I can grow my business? Because if your business is doing the same revenue 12 months later, something's wrong. Right. Or if you're just not hitting your goals, something's wrong. Or if you go out to Chiang Mai to do drop shipping or whatever, like a lot of people are, I hear are doing mm-hmm. and it's not really going anywhere. I mean, what the heck are you doing? You can't honestly tell me that you're living that much better in uh, Southeast Asia or in Latin America than you are in your middle-class neighborhood in, in Dallas or Chicago. Right. Uh, because it's not equal. I, I don't think you can compare middle-class in the U.S. to middle-class in, in Latin America or, or right. Southeast Asia. There's just there's a, a much bigger divide. And like I see right now in Mexico City, I don't see too much of what I would call comparable comparable to middle class in the U.S. Right. I see the, the uh, kind of more like working class um, poor Mexicans here, mm-hmm. and then you also have like the very high end right. neighborhood, which is really just like two or three. It's, right. it's not that many. So it's really, it's an enormous city. It's about 9 million people, I think, which is about twice the size of LA. Imagine sure. that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would say that there's maybe three nice neighborhoods there where, where somebody from the from the West, from the US or Australia or the UK would, would probably consider living and, and living comfortably. Right. That's excellent. That's excellent. I mean, awesome. If people want to get a hold of you, uh, Dennis, how do they go about it? Yeah, you a uh, couple ways. One, you can check out my website, DennisDemori.com. And if you want to connect, you're totally welcome to reach out on Facebook. Uh, just look me up, Dennis Demori, D-E-M-O-R-I. And uh, I'm posting on Facebook at least once a week. So I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think you gave a lot of great information, a lot of value. Uh, it was uh, very easy to talk to and, and interesting. We have a lot in common, I'm sure. And it's just, uh, I think our audience will get a lot of value out of this because I know there's people out there and I get daily, if not weekly emails from people asking these very questions. So 
here it is, folks. You know, uh, don't just take it from me. Take it from someone who's living it and is fresh uh, into it and is seeing some of the, the challenges and some of the rewards. And hopefully, uh, you know, uh, it'll give you something to think about before you uh, – and I, and I would agree. I mean, if this is something you think you want to do, you got to just do it. Yeah, I, I've always had this – this uh, this way of thinking because I've lived uh, in, in several cities around the U.S. You know, I don't know exactly how it's going to be or how it's going to turn out. But if it turns out that I don't like it, I can always get go back to go back home or mm-hmm. back to the last place I lived. And the, I found that the more you travel, the more you under, understand what you want. Because you, just to, to get a little philosophical, we're all on kind of a a journey of self-discovery, right? Right. Just figuring out, like, what do we want out of life? What do we enjoy? What do we not want? So we can find those things that we really, that make us happy as, yeah. as soon as possible. And being here, like I said, has its pros and cons. At the same time, it's, it's made me appreciate my life in the U.S. more because it, it, you kind of, especially with listening to uh, people in the digital nomad community that are, uh, a lot are kind of like anti-U.S., mm-hmm. um, is that you know the grass is not always greener there there are going to be some things you like but definitely things you don't yeah so it's it's, this trip has um has kind of opened up my world a bit but at the same time made me think you know what i do have a pretty good (laughs) where uh where i am in the united states and it's it's better than i thought so it's helped me with that uh, appreciation awesome Awesome, man. I really want to thank you for coming on the show. It's been a lot of fun. And for everybody else, uh, we'll be back again with another edition of the podcast next week, hopefully with somebody uh, as entertaining and delivering as much value as Dennis did today. Thanks a lot. There is one simple question that will determine the success of your business. In fact, at a recent meetup I attended, not one in 16 business owners had an exact answer. What's even worse is almost none of them had any answer at all. If you're interested in that question and you want to find a simple answer that will ultimately determine the future success of your business, you need to go over to makewordspay.com and sign up right now. You will immediately start getting business building emails that not only show you the simple question and how to get the answer, but will also show you how to leverage that answer to radically grow your business in a matter of a few short weeks. Just go over to makewordspay.com and sign up right now. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.